Welcome to Test and Code. Today we're going to talk about the flavors of test-driven development. There's frequently times where I get asked if, what my thoughts are about test-driven development, and the next question I have for somebody is what flavor of test-driven development are you talking about? To which I usually get a blank stare. So today we're going to talk about some of the different types of test-driven development there are out in the world so that when we talk about it, we can talk about it coherently to each other. The punchline, of course, uh, I'm waiting for the end, so please listen to the end, and we're going to talk about lean tester and development at the end, so stick around. Welcome to Testing Code. Thank you, PyCharm, for sponsoring this episode. You probably know that I love the user interface for tests that PyCharm provides. I just really like running tests from PyCharm. It's really easy. I'm also playing with Python 3.10 lately, and I'm pretty excited about both the pattern matching feature. It is like switch statement on steroids with pattern matching. I'm pretty excited about that. The new PyCharm 2021.2 uh, version supports that out of the box. That's pretty cool. Another thing I'm excited about is the union types. The new PyCharm edition supports those and it helps you with the, the code completion. So uh, definitely check out PyCharm. Uh, go to testandcode.com slash PyCharm and you get four months of the pro edition free. So let's jump in. I want to let's talk about test-driven development. Um, there's actually quite a few different kinds of test-driven development, and one of the reasons why I think I've put off talking about it too much in this podcast is because of the different kinds, and I just really didn't want to get into any arguments with people. However, I think that there is a hole in uh, how we're talking about TDD, and so at the end, I'm going to talk about a variant that I think of as lean tester development, mostly just because I'm lacking a better name, but we'll talk about that later. I don't want to, I want to talk about a lot of the common types of tester development you'll be, you'll find in the world. So um, if you look up on Wikipedia, and actually I'm not even going to drop a link, but I've got links to other things. Um, for tester development, there's basically a cycle of developing code and developing tests at the same time. And so uh, TDD is a very agile sort of a thing. Um, I'm not using agile in the capital A. It's really agile in the lowercase a is that it helps us uh, move quickly uh, with developing software. So on Wikipedia, it was talks about the cycle um, is adding a test to your code and then running all the tests. And uh, all the tests except for the new test should fail, but the uh, should pass, but the new one will fail. And then you write some code to make your new test pass. And then you repeat that. Um, but then you also do some refactoring. So you refactor as needed. And it's uh, we often say red-green refactor because we, we only want to refactor when we have passing tests. So we can, we can refactor and keep the test passing. So we want to make sure if you're, if you're changing test code and source code at the same time, you don't know what went wrong. So we'd like to have the test working before we, we refactor and refactor into clean things. So refactor means things like moving code to where it logically belongs, uh, removing duplicate code, uh, self-naming, 
<laughs> changing names, splitting methods if we need to, um, all sorts of refactoring techniques to make the code. There's all, all sorts of techniques, but really what I like to say refactoring is, is making the code what you are proud of. So I like the refactor stage, it's my favorite, because that's where I get to make the code something I'm proud of, that I can go at the end of the day and like, yeah, this is neat. This is nice code that I wrote and it works. So red, green refactor. A lot of the things though that people leave out is the thinking part. So um, in uh, before TDD, X, XP, extreme programming, sort of popularized test-driven development. And before test-driven development, there was test-first programming. And when people taught test-first programming, it was uh, a little bit more about thinking about things. And I think we're losing the thinking about things in a lot of the modern test-driven development uh, teaching. We say things like, write the simplest test you can, or write simple tests. But there's complex behavior out there. Some tests are actually not that simple to think about and write. So thinking first is good. So I'll replace the uh, red, green, and refactor sort of thing with think about the behavior that you want, write a test that reflects that behavior, write code to make sure that that test pass, and then refactor until you're proud of the code, and then start over. I like that. So what are the different variants? There's, there's lots of different ways you can approach test-driven development. Uh, one of the classic dichotomies is uh, classical versus mockist. So classical is where Kent Beck and Martin Fowler come from often, and there's a whole bunch of other mockists that are different. So classical is really just without mocks for the most part. Uh, so you're writing tests that uh, against source code that doesn't need mocks, which means you're writing tests against, and then you write enough source code at all levels, at whatever level you need, uh, to make it work. So your tests are uh, at the unit level or at the higher level or whatever, but um, but you do have to write all of the code to make it work. Mockists are more uh, talking about just um, using basically using mocks. So. And I think it's isolating more. So if the function in question, uh, if it calls other functions, I might mock out those functions so that I don't test those functions also. Or classes, if I've got helper classes. Whereas classical will just, if it's an entry point and it says to do something, I'm testing that it did something. Um, this is also co commonly called as Chicago and London. So classical is Chicago, mockist is London. And that's really just because the, wait, I think I mean, it's Detroit. I think it's Detroit instead. Anyway, who cares about places? Um, but the, the, other, the other bit is state versus behavior, which I don't quite agree with either, but you'll see references to that. So classical is thinking about state. So if I, if I write a, um, if I press, if I say, you know, increase speed um, function, the outcome of that is the car's going faster and the speedometer's registering the faster speed or something. Um, there's, there's side effects. Either there's outcome of the function or there's side effects that I'm testing. Whereas the mockus, there'll be no side effects because I'm, I'm really kind of isolating the state with mocks. Um, there's also talk about, this is all the same thing. There's talk about inside out versus outside in. So there's an assumption by the mockists that um, 
that their way you can do it from top to bottom. So if I write the API first, I can't write, I can't, I don't have the lower layers, so I can't use those. So I have to mock those out. So that's outside in. Whereas the classical would be, I'm going to write the unit test for the small thing, all the little pieces first, and then build up the top thing. I don't think that's really true because you can, you can just, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about uh, tracer bullet testing a little bit later. Anyway, I think a lot of these like classical versus Marcus or inside out versus outside in are really just false dichotomies because there's good ways to approach different problems. And sometimes some of these work and sometimes they don't. Um, but I guess let's talk about the, uh, the level of testing and the love, what, how much is implemented a little bit. So, um, a, there is a talk of like, what size is the unit? So, uh, the tests in test-driven development are often thought of as unit tests. And that's what a lot of the early documentation was around XP was talking about unit tests. But maybe I'm wrong, but when I read it, I was reading it as developer tests. Basically, it's a test that helps with the developer, and they're called unit tests because the the test frameworks we were using were called unit tests, unit test frameworks, and that's it. Um, they can be large things. I can I can use a I can call an API and I can call you can I can do a system test from a unit test framework. That's fine. Maybe I'm wrong. But the, the system test idea of writing, not necessarily through the user interface, but maybe through an API or at least a high-level entry point, that's where behavior-driven development comes in with BDD. And then a tracer bullet kind of approach of saying, um, let's do one feature at a time instead of doing the whole thing. Like, let's do one feature at a time and do the whole, complete the whole feature through the whole system. That would be feature-driven development, which didn't really catch on. I'm not sure why. Or maybe it did, and just I wasn't exposed to it. What I was exposed to was Pragmatic Programmer. And the Pragmatic Programmer book talked about tracer bullet implementation, and that really made sense to me. So um, you can do uh, the, the level of tests. You can do it at the top level if you can get access to it. And then you can, uh, the implementation for a feature for a little tiny piece of it can be implemented through all the layers down below. And in some of those cases, so that's an ex that's a high level test, but in some of those cases to implement some of those lower level functions, you'll want to have more lower level tests to, uh, to test those, whatever piece that you need. And that's fine. You're adding tests. Um, the, the break, yeah, we'll talk about some rules in a second. I'm okay. I'm okay with breaking rules because rules were meant to be broken. So a top level test is sometimes considered an acceptance level test, an acceptance test, because it's testing the user, user exposable behavior of a system. Um, and a unit test is like testing a function or testing whatever the developer sees or testing a class or testing an API or a subsystem. All those are some, and then integrate there. I don't, there's no accepted truth of what all these mean for anything, but an integration test is absolutely the worst definition anywhere. And I don't even know what the definition is, but it's somewhere between unit test and acceptance test. I don't know. Um, so. 
if we've got, let's say I've got, uh, yeah, let's just j jump into the rules um, because that's an interesting discussion. There really are no rules for test-driven development. However, uh, there was a, um, uh, Robert Martin uh, was uh, one of the, uh, not to be confused with Martin Fowler, Robert Martin um, uh, came up with, I think it was him that came up with it, came up with these rules of TDD. And the rules were write production code only to pass a failing unit test and write more, no more than a, of a unit test that is sufficient to fail and write no more production code that is necessary to pass one failing test. So you're taking little tiny incremental steps. Okay, maybe that works for some people. It doesn't work for me. But let's just pick it apart for the fun of it. So I'm I'm supposed to never write any production code unless I have a failing test. Well, what about refactoring? Refactoring is all about writing production code when I have all green tests and keeping them green. Okay, so I've broken that one already. Um, how about write no more the no more of a test that is sufficient to fail? Well, I actually just really want to. I want to um, solidify and codify a user behavior at a top level that is expected. And I want to codify that as a test. Um, I'm not going to just go halfway through. If I'm, I'm on, and even if I'm on a roll, I might write two or three tests. Why not? Uh, I don't see the, the problem there. And then write no more production code that is necessary to pass that, that one failing unit test. Actually, that one's a pretty decent one is if you are uh, and that's that's there for trying to keep you from like like just overcoding. Um, but so if you if you think you might want to do more, just your tests are passing. Are you what are you what are you doing here? Um, are you maybe you're gone on to the uh, the refactor stage, but at least at least admit it. So uh, I don't think there's really rules around those. I think they're silly to talk about rules of TDD, um, but uh, the the size of the unit and stuff, uh, you know, whatever works for you. But there is this notion of like, okay, well, what if what if I'm writing the developer level test, the unit test, but I'm not really writing the acceptance test. I've got some other person, like a team of people doing the acceptance level tests, the system test for the system. And I'm I'm not even dealing with the system. I'm just dealing with this little component on my my own end. I think that's fine. Um, but you can think of like let's say your little component. Think of that and test against that. Test against the API of your component. I really doubt that you're only responsible for one function. That would be a weird job. Um, but there is this notion of a a, a, a double loop test driven development, and that's the idea around that is. I write in a, a system level test, an acceptance level, acceptance test, or maybe somebody else does. A test, it fails, so I need to write some code. But instead of just writing some code, I write a unit test. Um, and then I like jump into the TDD cycle. So I do behavior-driven development for the acceptance test, uh, test-driven development for the developer tests, and I've got a separation of people. Maybe the uh, Maybe the test team is doing the the acceptance test and the developers are doing the, the unit tests and we're all we all go out for beer on the friday night and everything but um if that works for you great um whatever but there's still duplication there and i just 
anyway um i have a problem with the uh, if the acceptance test is enough to to test the system um why do you need an extra unit test but you might need lots of extra unit tests to test the little tiny pieces that's fine but if you only need one what's the point you already have the acceptance test um the goal i want to talk about the uh, goals of test driven development a little bit the goals for me is to work fast so i really want to uh, to have the tests aid in developing code faster than I could without the tests. And I want to be able to change my mind quickly. So I like the refactor part. Um, and so, so refactor whenever I want to and play with the code and write stuff really quickly and be really satisfied that my code satisfies the user requirements and I can sleep at night and nobody's going to bug me because I broke something. So making sure you didn't break, just making sure new code doesn't break old code. That's a good goal. Making sure that I can refactor easily. That's an interesting goal because that means that I cannot, if I want to meet that, I cannot write a whole bunch of tests that test the implementation. I need to test behavior, not implementation. So that kind of throws out a lot of the mock stuff. I'm totally on board with mocking uh, external stuff. So if you've got an external system that's not even controlled by your company or your group, and you want to mock that, um, I don't, you're not going to refactor that out. So you, as long as you're refactoring in the code that you have control over, great. So um, team structure matters because I did want to talk about team structure a little bit. What if uh, I don't have an external test team? I've just got developers. And what if I don't have developers? I just have me. Uh, let's say I'm working on an open source project and it's just me or just a um, couple people, a small startup. There's only developers. Why, do, why would you hire a test team if you're just a bunch, a handful of developers coding something new? In which case, like, you really don't want to be wasting time. And the whole, like, do micro increments and red, green, and refactor like 17 times a minute seems excessive. And especially if you're going to throw away code. I don't want to throw away code. Oh, the throwaway code thing. I do want to talk about that a little bit. There is an image, which I'm not going to link to, but I probably should, that uh, for test-driven development, um, that is how traditional software is developed. And it shows like the development of a car. And it shows like wheels and then more of the car. And then finally, at the end, you've got a car. And the TDD approach is you start out with like skateboard and then you have a scooter, and then a bicycle, and then a car. And I just don't get the analogy. The, I think the analogy is you always have working code. I like that part. But if I'm like building the next SpaceX and I want to build a rocket, I'm not going to start with a little Estes rocket or a slingshot. That's just, I'm going to go for the rocket. Just saying. Anyway, um. I did want to talk about lean test-driven development. So lean, this isn't a thing that's out there anywhere, but it needs to be a thing. And the idea is let's um, let's not do the like outside in or inside out. Let's do test-driven development with uh, the the end in mind. So let's do let's say um, at the end when we're delivering code, I want a full suite of acceptance tests that completely test the behavior of the system that I expect that is expected from the user's perspective. And then I have enough unit tests to um, 
to help help speed up development of internal components, of course. But um, and what does that ratio look like? I don't know. It's different for every application. It might be a whole bunch of acceptance tests and not very many unit tests. It might be just a handful of acceptance tests and a whole bunch of unit tests developed depending on what sort of system you have in mind. I don't care about the pyramid. I just care about enough to have confidence in the code. And then we're going to implement them with tracer bullets. We're going to say, we're, we don't know what the system's going to look like, but we know that for this feature, we're going to do this. And we're going to write a test for that. And then we're going to write a lower level test if we need it, but we don't have to. We're going to focus in. And in the end, and yes, we're going to throw away some tests. Yes, we're going to throw away some code. We're going to refactor a lot. We're going to refactor both code and tests. But I'm never going to get to the point where I'm going to say, I don't want to refactor because I don't want to touch the tests. That would be terrible. Um, that's like that's like the old the waterfall thing is I don't want to refactor the code because I don't want to change the design document. How ludicrous is that? We don't want that. We don't want to avoid test refactoring and when it's the right thing to do because we have too many stupid unit tests. I don't want that. Anyway, so I'm going to have to flush out lean TDD. I'm going to do that kind of in the open over the next several years, probably. And uh, hopefully other people will help out with that. Um, I probably didn't cover all of your questions about tester and development. So, uh, yeah, let me know. There's a contact form. I'm, I'm on Twitter at Brian Aachen, and there's a contact form at testingcode.com. Uh, please send me your questions around tester and development. If I don't know the answer, or don't have an opinion about their right answer, I'll find somebody that has an opinion or maybe the right answer. So anyway, uh, yeah, I think that's it. Thanks a lot. Thank you, PyCharm, for sponsoring this episode. Please check them out at testandcode.com slash PyCharm. It's wonderful to have them as a sponsor. And thank you to all of my wonderful Patreon supporters. Join them at testandcode.com slash support. If you'd like to sponsor an episode of Test and Code, you can also find information about that at testandcode.com slash support as well. Those links, as well as links to a whole bunch of articles that talk about different test-driven development variants are at testandcode.com slash 162. That's all for now. Now go out and test something.